We are kicking off a new study called Simple Prayers. Simple Prayers. And if I were to give this study a tagline, it might be something like this. Easy to say, everyday, on-the-go prayers. These simple prayers aren't long. They're not drawn out. You don't have to get in your prayer closet to pray them. But even though they're abbreviated, easy to say, something you can use every day. They're going to be important for you because you can pray these on the go as things are happening in your life. There's a great Christian author by the name of E.M. Bounds, and uh, he wrote a lot of things about prayer. And he talks about living in a spirit of prayer. In fact, this is the statement. He says, there's a great need in this day for Christians to inform their daily affairs with a spirit of prayer. Now, Ian Bounds wrote seven books on prayer. I think it would be hard to write one book on prayer, but he wrote seven. Listen to some of the titles, The Necessity of Prayer, The Essentials of Prayer, Power Through Prayer, The Weapon Through Prayer. He uh, spent a lot of time working through the biblical material on prayer and walked away with some convictions. And one of those convictions is, yes, we need to have moments in our life that are kind of sanctified and set apart and we're dialed in and we are detailed in our prayers. But there also needs to be what he called a spirit of prayer, which is a readiness to respond to situations as they are happening in real time. There's a sensitivity about us, but also there's a preparedness. We know how to pray for that. We've got a prayer for that situation. We're living in a spirit of prayer. We know how to respond to things as they are occurring in real time. Simple prayers. There was a study that was done on prayer, and one of the findings was that the average pastor, and I don't even know what that means, the average pastor uh, admitted to praying less than 12 minutes a day in structured, disciplined, set-aside prayer. The reason for having like a shorter amount of time than what you would expect, the pastor said this, I feel the need to, and I quote, get on with it. Like there's, there's things happening in my life that I need to tend to. And I don't have four hours to spend in prayer at the beginning of the day. This may surprise you, but I don't either. I don't like have four hours of my morning that I can just devote to prayer as much as I might like to do that. I got to get on with it. There are like things that are happening. And so I would guess if pastors feel the grind of life and the pressure to get on with it, my guess would be so do you. And you feel like this, this honest admission, like I I don't spend as much time in prayer as I would like to, but you know, things happen. And here's what I want to do with this, with this study. I want to prepare you for that. Like, I don't want to replace or or say you shouldn't have longer moments in prayer that you shouldn't have a place where you go and, and spend more devoted time in prayer. But I want to equip you and prepare you because as you're going through life, man, things are happening. And you need to be able to respond to those moments with a prepared prayer. You need to live in a spirit of prayer. Now, for this study, we're going to give you 
like some scripts. We're going to give you some words that you can pray. But more importantly, we're going to build a theology behind that script. Here's what I think. The more you dive deeper into the theology of that simple prayer, probably the less likely you're going to be dependent on the script. You're going to start finding kind of your own words that you can pray as you make that that prayer your heart cry. But these simple prayers, until then, are like training wheels, and they're going to help you get moving in the right direction. Simple prayers, things we say every day on the go, all right? So we're going to give you four of these in 2024, four in 24 that you can pray. The first simple prayer we're going to learn to pray is this, a prayer for protection. A prayer for protection. Newsweek poll found that when people pray, the top four things they pray for are health, safety, jobs, and success. So we could say at least protection falls like number two on the top list of things that people pray for. That makes sense because sociologists tell us that as they study the trends of people, they have found no matter where people live or what time they live in or what religious ideologies they affiliate with, there's a common impulse in humanity where we feel the need to turn to God and pray at moments in our life. And one of the moments where we feel like the impulse to pray is our need for protection. And that makes sense because we live in a hostile, dangerous world. We feel burdened by things like our kids. How many of you remember playing outside all day long when you were a kid and your parents might say something like, you know, come back when the street lights come on. Like you, you had the freedom to get out and just play like, well, you can't do that anymore. Because you're worried about your kids. You don't want them out playing by themselves. You don't know what might happen. You're worried about their protection. Or maybe you feel concerned about your career. Like, is AI going to take my job? Or maybe you feel worried about finances. You've worked hard to build up what you've got. And the stock market can change tomorrow and just... Take everything that you have. Like you feel the vulnerability. God, protect my finances. Or you may feel a a vulnerability as it relates to things like identity theft. I mean, that's a new one. But people can like steal your identity and go online and start making purchases with your resources. They can even swipe your car title or your home title. Or take some other possession of yours. Like There's so many different threats. Health threats. We, we, we know that we are typically concerned about our cholesterol level and blood pressure and cancer. But now, now we got things like COVID. Like What's the next thing that's going to happen? We, we feel all of these vulnerabilities. And so there's a natural part of us that wants to turn to God and ask God to protect us. I, I think in some ways we might be a generation that faces more threats than any other. And so to frame up our concern in like a biblical framework, where does our help come from? Life lock? (laughs) Simply safe? The popo? Homeland security? The White House? 
man, where our help is going to come from, listen, is from the Lord. You feel that? Like our only place where we can turn for true protection has to come from the Lord. So today I want to teach you to pray one of the most effective, simple prayers you'll ever learn in your life, which is a prayer for protection. Now, as I said, we're going to give you some words. We're going to give you a script. We're going to give you something that you can pray. But even though we're going to give you some words to pray, it still has to be authentic. It's not got to come from you. I learned a lot about praying with authenticity uh, from a person I've told some of you about before, Brother Jake. Brother Jake was a retired Navy guy, became a pastor later in life. I was sitting in a prayer circle where Brother Jake was praying for God's protection. Remember, he's a retired Navy guy. As we're praying for God's protection, here's what he prayed. God, I'm asking you, come down here and kick the devil's butt. But he didn't say butt. So another guy I was sitting in a prayer circle with, brokenhearted. His wife had left him, left their kids, and went to another man and their family. And as he was praying over their situation, asking God for protection, he just said, God, would you bring her butt home? But he didn't say butt either. Are you hearing me? And if you're hearing simple prayers or cussing prayers, that's not the message, all right? <laughs> The point is, even though we're going to give you some words to use, you got to make them your own. they got to come from your heart. They have to come from an authentic place. It has to be a real heart cry. So here's our simple prayer for protection. That is this. We're asking God, look at these words, to put a hedge of protection around whatever we feel needs God's protection. God, will you put a hedge of protection around whatever we feel needs God's protection? I need you to protect my life. I need you to protect my health. I need you to protect my loved ones. I need you to protect my career, my kids, my parents, my possessions. Whatever you feel vulnerable needs protection. You go to God and you ask him to put a hedge of protection around it. Many theologians and historians believe Job is the oldest book of the Bible. The events that take place in his life happened before Abraham and just a couple of hundred years after Noah and the flood. So that means with Job, we're getting a very early glimpse into natural and supernatural realities. And one of the things that we notice and we see how God like... Acts from the very beginning is there's this interaction with people regarding protection. Now, in Job chapter 1, there's this interesting conversation that's recorded between God and the devil. You heard that right. There's a recorded conversation between God and the devil. And the devil all across scripture is viewed the same way. He's seen as an accuser, an instigator as one who is determined to bring peril into people's lives. Now, as the devil and God are conversating, there's a moment where um, God brings up Job and says to the devil, like, hey, have you ever thought about Job? This is a guy that's obedient and faithful. He, he never falls into any of your traps or troubles. And so as Satan is processing this comment from the Lord, 
he quickly argues back with God. Well, there's a reason for that. He's so faithful and obedient, and he steps through life so safely because you're always protecting him. Job chapter 1, verse 10. The devil says, you've always put a wall of protection around him and his home and his property. You've made him prosper in everything he does. Look how rich he is. Well, look how comfortable his life is. So safe, so easy, right? Of course he follows you faithfully. Who wouldn't if they were protected all the time? Verse 11. But reach out and take away everything he has. You drop that wall of protection. And he will surely curse you to your face. Now the rest of the book of Job details how some of the consequences that happen to Job are because God does lower his protection. And he does permit some things to happen to Job. And so the devil was right in this regard, that God had been protecting him. But as the Lord pulled back on some of those protections and permitted some of these just unthinkable attacks like losing your children and suffering sickness and going bankrupt, Job never gave up on God. He had this unshakable trust in the Lord even when he was under attack by the devil. Now, that's Job's story. But here's what I want our eyes on as we're thinking about our story. And that's on that wall of protection that's mentioned in verse 10. The Hebrew word for wall is the word for a bush or a hedge. The NIV and other translations use a more literal explanation of Job 1, calling God's protection a hedge. It says, have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? I want to teach you how to pray up that hedge. Our simple prayer of protection. God, please put a hedge of protection around me. Put it around him. Put it around her. Put it around us. Put it around our church. Put that hedge of protection around our business. Put that hedge of protection around our city, around our nation, around our home, around our marriage, around our school, around our finances. God put a hedge of protection around us. Right now I have a a daughter who is pregnant, going to have our next grandchild this month. You better know that I'm in the business of praying a hedge of protection around her in this final season of her pregnancy. I'm praying for God to put a hedge of protection around that delivery so that sweet Joel can be born without any complications. I'm praying around them a hedge of protection. That's our simple prayer. When, When you feel threats when you feel insecurity, when you have a need for protection, just pray that simple prayer. God, put a hedge of protection around us. In ancient times, these hedges were planted around gardens, livestock, family homes to serve as a barrier that would protect what's inside from the threats that are outside. Jesus referred to this kind of a natural 
boundary, this hedge of protection in one of his parables where he says a man planted a vineyard and put a hedge around it. Now, these ancient hedges are not like the the manicured kind of landscape hedges that we think about and we plant in our yard. These hedges were thick, brushy, full of thorns, grown up to allow for a line of protection and defense. Here's a picture that kind of would give you an idea of what that kind of hedge would look like. It would be big, full of thorns, difficult to pass through. From time to time, maybe out away from the home on a grazing expedition, they might have to set a hedge around them to protect them. They didn't have time to plant and wait for it to grow up. So we even ran across this when we were in Africa a couple of years ago. This is from a village in Kenya. Look how they stacked a bunch of branches. They created a hedge around their hut. And there's a couple of things to know about these hedges. First of all, they keep whatever is inside protected from what is outside. Animal predators that are mentioned in the Bible are lions and bears and leopards and wolves and all of those different kinds of wild animals would be kept out. They'd be protected from them. But also, thieves, people with evil intent would be a real threat. And these hedges would keep those kinds of dangers out. But also... Hedges kept those who were inside the circle, listen to this, from overstepping boundaries. Hedges kept livestock and family members from just accidentally wandering away and beyond the boundaries. They kept them in. Hosea was a prophet in the Old Testament. He was married to an unfaithful spouse. At one point, things got so bad between them that God stepped in and promised that he would protect them by doing this. I'm going to hedge up her way with thorns that she cannot find her wayward paths. That's a whole different idea of praying for a hedge of protection. Like hedging people in. So as you're, as you're getting this concept in your mind, as you're building your theology of having that hedge of protection, there's a few things that I want to set in front of you that might help you be stronger in your heart cry for God to bring that hedge of protection around you. Here's a few statements. Here's one. Some of the hedges around you were actually prayed into place by others. There's some of you that are thinking, I've never asked God to protect me and I'm not doing too bad. Well, listen, it's likely the protection that you are enjoying was put in place by somebody else's prayers. you got to pray in mama. Or you got to pray in friend. Or you have a praying spouse. God's protection is sometimes around you even when you haven't asked for it because someone else prayed that hedge of protection in place. U.S. Airways Flight 1549 suffered catastrophic engine failure, which caused them to have to land the plane on the Hudson River in New York City. The crew was asked afterwards if they felt like God had intervened and had protected them and enabled them to land on the water safely, and the crew said, no, it was our training 
that allowed us to land that plane safely. Excuse me, bruh. You might not have had enough sense to ask God to protect you when that thing was coming in, but I guarantee you somebody on that plane was calling on the name of the Lord, asking him to protect them as they were coming down on that river, right? See, sometimes the protections that we enjoy are because somebody else prayed that into place. That ought to encourage us as an intercessor, that you can actually pray for somebody who's not even worried about their own protection. You can actually pray a hedge of protection around them. Here's a second concept. Fact I want you to get. Build your theology behind this. Hedges are like daily bread. They expire and they need to be prayed up again and again and again. We can't take a one and done, been there, done that approach to our protection. Yeah, I asked for God. In 1975, I asked God to protect me. Well, that's great, but you might need to renew that. Because it expires. we got to ask God over and over. One of the reasons why ancients preferred hedges over walls is because hedges are alive. And if you can garden the hedge, if you can tend to the hedge, you can actually make it bigger and stronger and thicker. You put up a wall, it's just there. Great Wall of China, good example. That's a pretty imposing barrier. But you don't do anything to maintain that. You don't multiply its defense capability. It's just there. But the hedge of protection that we're praying in, man, that thing is alive. And it requires some maintenance. we got to pray over and over. But as you pray over and over, that upkeep is actually going to add to its defensive capability. It's going to grow. And it's going to get bigger, and it's going to get thicker. Praying a spiritual hedge. Listen, it's going to require a farmer's perseverance. You're going to have to ask, seek, and knock. But God, in that regularity of renewing that hedge, is going to grow your protection day after day with every prayer. Here's the third fact about hedges. God, his hedge of protection protect you like no other. He can protect you like no other. God's protection comes with his wisdom and his might, which secures us against all threats, seen and unseen. Some of you may recall just a month or two ago, we were in a study on the names of God, and we were looking at how God has revealed himself to us in Scripture through his names. And there were names that that, that highlighted that he is high and lifted up, that he's got perspective like no other, that he is eternal, man, been there, done that, and he is the almighty. Like There's no one who can protect you like God. Psalm 91 says this, this I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I will trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you. He'll order his angels to protect you wherever you go. And here's what the Lord says in verse 14. I will protect those who trust in my name. Come on now. God can protect you like no other. And he is thoughtful and thorough in how he does it. I've got a friend who has worked for years 
with the poorest class of people in China. And he's traveled there for many years. He goes and teaches and encourages, but they often take supplies that pastors can use to take care of the poorest of the poor. But as they're going through the country, they got to go through checkpoints. It's not uncommon when you go through a checkpoint that a Chinese soldier will take whatever you have and keep it for himself or sell it. And as they were going through one of these checkpoints, they just paused before they went through and they just prayed for God to put a hedge of protection around them, but also around the supplies that they were carrying. The Chinese soldier that was conducting their search got them out of their vehicle. Whenever he kind of looked over what they had, with his boot in the ground, he drew a fish, which is the symbol of Christianity. And he was saying to them, I'm a follower too. And they got through that checkpoint, not only with their safety, but everything in hand. God put that soldier there because he's good at what he do. He can protect you like no other. But here's the last point. We've got to be honest with this. As you're building out your theology of God's protection, he can protect you like no other. But know this, a hedge won't shield you from every threat. That doesn't mean that there's something wrong with his defenses. God's fully capable. There just are moments when he permits something to get through the hedge. That's what we learn out of Job's story. That there are moments when God will lower the defenses and the devil will carry out some of his threats. But when that happens, listen, trust his wisdom. God knows in advance that some of these infirmities that we might suffer through, some of those might produce the greatest measure of good and glory in our lives. 2 Corinthians 4.17 says, For our present troubles are small and won't last for long. Please hear that. I know when we're going through stuff, it feels like this is going to last forever, but it won't. These present glory, I mean, troubles are small. They won't last that long. They, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. My friend, as you pray that prayer for a hedge of protection, know that God can protect you like no other. But there are moments when God, by his own wisdom, will allow some of these threats to penetrate. And when that happens, you got to hold up your shield of faith. You can't fold in that moment. you got to stand strong and be firm and stand in your faith and hold up your shield. Ephesians 6.16 says, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. One of the most terrorizing weapons of ancient warfare flaming arrows because those could be shot over or even through some defenses and I'm saying to you listen the Holy Spirit is revealing in this message that there are moments even though you've prayed 
for a hedge of protection around you. There are those moments when God is going to allow some of those fiery darts to pass through. But when that happens, brother, don't you fold. You hold up your shield of faith. And you practice what you know to be, to be true, that you believe that God is good and that God loves you. And God's not abandoned you. And God will be with you. And he'll take, actually, the things that have happened, these threats, these, these protection violations, he'll take all of that and he'll use it for good. Here's what he says in the Word. He'll bring beauty from ashes. Some of the hard, burnt things of life, God will still make good. Stand with me. Let's practice this. Let's practice this. All of the room, I'm going to ask you just to consider some of the things that are burdened. You're carrying in your heart, like you're worried about. You're concerned about some, some things. Maybe there's some health things. There's some safety things. There's some financial things. There's some business-related things. There's some family-related things. And you just, you carry some concerns. And you, you feel the need for God's protection. I'm going to ask you right now, just begin to practice what you've learned to be true, that you can ask the Lord to put a hedge of protection around whatever concerns you. Right now, right now, where you are, just start praying, asking the Lord, Lord, will you put a hedge, put a hedge around him, put a hedge around her, put a hedge around our home, put a hedge around our business, put a hedge around our church. Will you just begin to ask the Lord to put that hedge of protection in place? And there are some of us that we've gone through some moments. Maybe we're in a season where it feels like the fiery darts are just being allowed to come through. And we, we feel the vulnerability. And we're wondering, like, God, why aren't you stopping it? Why aren't you stopping it? Well, there's just moments when God's going to permit it. He's wise. And in those times, you've got to stand firm with your shield of faith up. Don't fold. Trust God. He's good. He's faithful. He loves you. He'll bring beauty from ashes. Hold up your shield of faith. Maybe some of you have never entered into a personal relationship with God. Let me tell you the greatest protection that God offers to you. It's eternal protection. He can not only shield you from the fiery darts of the enemy, he can save you from the flames of hell. Right there where you are, you can just pray a simple prayer. Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. And he is faithful to save. Listen, no matter where you are, you got to trust God. Trust God with your protection. Trust God in the moments when you feel vulnerable like some arrows are getting through. Trust God with your salvation. Trust God.